Thank you so much for that prayer, Daryl. Well, this morning we are going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together as a church. Also this morning we are returning to the Gospel of John, our series in the Gospel of John after a five-week break. We had the four Sundays of the Missions Conference and then we had Easter, of course, last Sunday. And so now we return to John. And so if you have a Bible, I would like you to turn to the Gospel of John and chapter 8, and we are going to look at verses 39 through 47. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 39 through 47. If you're watching live stream, um, I would ask uh, that you just follow along. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you have a Bible right there with you, but if you don't, you'll easily be able to follow along. And guys, back at the desk there, if you don't mind. Yeah, great, thank you. Turn that monitor off, I appreciate it. Well, as we come to this uh, section this morning, since there's been a break, I, I want to kind of bring us back to where we are at. Jesus is having this ongoing confrontation and conflict with the Jewish religious leaders. And this really takes up a significant portion of John chapters 5 through chapter 8. And, and this is just ongoing, and he... There'll be a break there, and he'll come back, and a break, and he'll come back. And the last time we were in the Gospel of John at the end of February, um, in the very last verse we looked at it, he said, Jesus said, I speak of what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. So Jesus says, I speak of what I have seen from my Father, and you do what you have heard from your Father. So he is contrasting his Father with their Father, which is going to really create conflict in the passage that we're looking at this morning. So let me read for you verses 39 through 47. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God... Here's the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Now, our main focus this morning is going to be verse 44. But I do, again, because of the break, want to give us a little bit of context and background as we enter into this passage. So our first point this morning is Jesus and the Jewish religious leaders. As I mentioned, we continue to see the Jewish religious leaders' strong opposition to Jesus. 
as they resolutely refuse to believe in him. So, where we are at is Jesus is in Jerusalem. He is six months from the end of his life. He is six months from the cross. He's been preaching now for two and a half years. He has been in direct confrontation with the Jewish leaders for the whole time of his ministry. And it all started. We can trace it back. It all started or really got intense when Jesus cleansed the temple. If we go back to John chapter 2, if you remember that, and Jesus goes in and cleanses the temple, that's when things really became heated. He has seen the attitude of the Jewish leaders harden into rejection. They resent him. They hate him. And we have seen a number of times now that they want to kill him. They want him dead. They have, at this point, completely rejected him. They have definitively rejected him. And that brings us to our passage this morning. The Jewish leaders take great pride in the fact that they are descendants of Abraham. Now, we have already seen in the Gospel of John that they take great um, pride in the fact that they are followers of Moses and that their leader, the leader of the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and teachers of the law sits in the seat of Moses. And now they're claiming Abraham as their father. And here's the key, folks. They are not trusting in God. They're trusting in their religious heritage. They're not trusting in God. They're trusting in their religious background. So in verse 39 through that first part of verse 41, they say, Abraham is our father. But Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. So, they, so Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. Now, it's interesting, in almost every commentary on the Gospel of John at this point, they take us back to Genesis chapter 18. If you're not familiar with Genesis chapter 18, it's a fascinating chapter in the Bible. You might, if you're not familiar with it, you might want to go read it this afternoon or sometime this week. In Genesis 18, we have Abraham and Sarah and three men come to visit them. But these are not three ordinary men. These are three men from heaven. And these three men who come in the forms of men come and they talk with Abraham and Sarah. And one of the three becomes the main spokesperson. And he tells them that they are going to give birth to a son in their old age. And then this one who is the spokesperson tells Abraham about the coming destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham believes he believes everything this person says. Now, most Bible scholars believe that the spokesperson of the three was a pre-incarnate appearing of Jesus Christ. That he was literally talking to Jesus before Jesus ever came to earth. And the other two were angels. But what's important for this passage this morning is Abraham believed he believed that he would have a son in his old age. He did believe. In fact, he pleaded with God about Sodom and Gomorrah and its destruction, their destruction. 
And in the book of Genesis, we see over and again that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And so Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. He believed me. He believed everything that God told him. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. You say you're children of Abraham and you will not believe the truth that I tell you from God. And notice that next sentence. This is not what Abraham did. What you're doing is not what Abraham did. How can you say he's your father? And then Jesus says, you are doing the works your father did. He is preparing them for what he is about to say to them. Well, in the, in the last part of verse 41, they said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Now that term there, we were not born of sexual immorality, is a little bit of a difficult phrase to interpret. But let me tell you basically, bottom line, what it means. They are saying to Jesus, we're not born of sexual immorality. We're not pagan worshipers. We're not idol worshipers. Our Father is God. You see, at this particular time in history, almost all pagan worship, almost all idol worship was somehow connected in some way or another to forms of sexual immorality. And they're saying, we're not pagan worshipers. We're not idol worshipers. And so in verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. So they say, we have one father, even God. And so Jesus said to them, says to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. This is something that Jesus has repeated in his conversations with those leaders. And here's what's important for us because it's been repeated so many times. Any person who says that he or she believes in God must believe in Jesus and they must love Jesus. Any person who says they believe in God must also believe in Jesus and they must love Jesus. I don't care if you live in St. John's, Michigan. I don't care if you live in some part of the continent of Africa. I don't care if you live in Asia or in South America. Any person around the world who says, I believe in God, must also believe in Jesus and love Jesus. You cannot separate them. So any person who comes along to you and says, I believe in God, I just don't believe in Jesus. I believe in God, I just don't believe Jesus is God. Well, that person doesn't truly believe in God. Jesus said, if God is your father, you would love me because I came from God. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Well, that brings us to our second point this morning, and that is the father of lies. Jesus makes a shocking statement when he tells the religious leaders of Israel that they are children of the devil. This has to rank up there with one of the most shocking statements ever made in Scripture or ever made in any piece of literature. It really does. 
Stay with me this morning. Jesus is speaking to the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel, not the political, although they are one and the same, but he is speaking to the religious leaders of Israel in at that time the most religious nation on the face of the earth and he says your father is the devil you are children of the devil in verse 43 Jesus asks a question and then answers his own question he says why do you not understand what I say here's why it is because you cannot bear to hear my word. The reason you don't understand is because you cannot bear. You cannot stand to hear my word. And that brings us to verse 44, which is the most important verse for us this morning. Jesus says, Jesus says, You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I'm not sure that you could say anything more shocking. One commentary had dynamite, explosive. That's the kind of statement that this is. He is saying to them, the reason all along in all of our conversations and all of our confrontations that you don't believe in me, that you don't believe what I'm telling you about myself is because your father is Satan and you leaders of Israel are all children of the devil. Verse 44 is an important verse for you as a Bible student. John 8:44 is a very important verse on what we would call the doctrine or the teaching of Satan. Who is Satan? Jesus says that the devil, that Satan, is a murderer, and he has been a murderer from the beginning. He wants to destroy people. He wants to kill people. He wants to do everything he can to keep people from God and to keep people out of heaven. He has been a murderer from the beginning. Jesus says he does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. It isn't like he has a little bit of truth and a lot of lies. No, Jesus says there is no truth in him. And when he lies... He speaks out of his own character. Some translations have, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan is a liar, and he constantly lies. He constantly distorts the truth of Scripture, the truth about God, the truth about the Bible, the truth about salvation. Constantly. And all of the lies in the world right now, all of the great evil, and there is great evil in this world, all of it can be traced back to him. It can all be traced back to him. And I just want you to hold on to that for a few minutes. I'm going to come back to it. In verse 45, Jesus says, But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. So you'll believe the father of lies. 
but I tell you the truth and you do not believe me. He says, which one of you convicts me of sin? I tell the truth. Why do you not believe me? I have been impeccable in my integrity. Everything I've said to you is true. Everything I've said to you is consistent. Which one of you convicts me of sin? Why do you not believe me? And then in verse 47, he says, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And that connects us right back to verse 42. If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God. I did not come of my own accord, but he sent me. Verse 47, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them, the reason you don't believe them, is that you are not of God. So he gives them this stinging indictment. But I want us to see this morning that verse 44 doesn't just apply to the Jewish religious leaders, there is a sense in which it applies to all of us. And it is an important verse for all of us. Because though you may know Christ as your Savior, Satan constantly, relentlessly lies to you. Do you know how often he lies to you? Every day. Every day. Satan is the father of lies, and he constantly tempts you with lies about the existence of God, the character of God, and the goodness of God. He wants you to doubt that God even exists. He wants you to doubt that God says who he is. He wants you to doubt the word of God. And he really wants you to doubt the goodness of God. All of us, in little ways or big ways, have those moments in our lives where we wonder, oh, I, I might not say it to anyone, but I wonder if the Bible's really true. I mean, I wonder if the whole Bible's really true. Or I wonder if God really does exist. I, I mean, I have friends who say he doesn't exist. And there's so much evil in the world. How can God be good? How can this happen in this country or that country or in our own country? How can this happen if God is really good? Let me tell you, when you entertain those thoughts, Satan's lying to you. And he is lying to you over and over again. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, it says this, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. I want you to notice the middle of that verse, that ancient serpent. This is the serpent from the Garden of Eden. This is the one who deceived Adam and Eve. He's called the devil and Satan. And then I want you to notice that middle phrase, so important, the deceiver of the whole world. Satan is the deceiver of the whole world. Jesus says he was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because, because there is no truth, no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks out of his own character. He speaks his native tongue when he lies, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Let me say to each of us this morning, including myself, a huge part of your Christian life 
a huge part of your Christian life is believing that the Bible is true. Believing that the Bible is the very words of God. Your growth as a Christian, your progress as a Christian depends on that. And there are going to be times when we come to parts of the Bible that we don't fully understand. There are going to be times when we come to parts of the Bible that may not make sense to us. And that's okay. Because when I don't understand and when it doesn't make sense to me, the problem is with me and not with the Bible. And as I grow in Christ, as I trust the work of the Holy Spirit in me to open up the Bible to me, I will grow in my understanding and learning. As I read, as I'm in small group Bible studies, as I hear sermons, I will grow in my understanding. But I must believe. I must believe that the Bible is the very words of God himself to me and to you from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. I want to share share something with you that I've shared with you before. So some of you have heard me say this before, so bear with me, but some of you have not. When I was growing up, there was this saying. I heard it, preachers say it from the pulpit, many times. They would say this about the Bible. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Oh, I can't tell you how many times I heard that growing up. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, it's a good saying, but I think it can be a better saying. Here's how I think it should be said. God said it, that settles it whether I believe it or not. Okay? God, if the Bible says it, that settles it, whether I believe it or not. See, the Bible isn't true because I believe it. The Bible is true because it's true. It's because it is the Word of God. And every single person here, including myself, has to settle in your heart and in your mind that the Bible is, from beginning to end, the very words of of God. Back in February, in the last section that I preached on out of the Gospel of John, we looked at John 8, verses 31 and 32, and they're going to put that on the screen so you can see it again. John 8, 31 and 32, this is what Jesus said. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It could be translated this way. If you believe my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know my word, and my word will set you free. We're going to share the Lord's Supper together, and as we do, As you have a time for meditation and reflection, I want you to ask yourself this question. Have I settled in my mind, in my heart, that the Bible is the very words of God? Have I settled that question in my heart? Well, as we go to communion, I do want to give you just very brief instruction this morning because I realize throughout this pandemic we have people coming back into church. What we're going to do is one deacon is going to pray for both the bread and the cup. 
and then the deacons are going to come to you and they will hand out the bread and the cup together if you for some reason are not comfortable with taking communion yet that's okay you don't have to take it when everyone has been served I will read a passage of scripture and then we will eat and drink together if you're watching by live stream this morning while the deacons are serving communion we will encourage you to use this as a time of meditation and reflection in your own home at this time we will share the Lord's Supper together